0: Hi everyone, we're going to be talking about It Takes Two on this episode, and we're going to dive into some story spoilers. If you don't want to have the story spoiled for you, go play It Takes Two and then come back and listen to this episode.
1: Welcome to Level Playing Field, a podcast where a group of longtime friends get together to talk about the world of video games. Today, we're talking about It Takes Two, the latest co-op-only game from Hayes Light Studio. My name is Andrew Kimball, and I am your host. And it wouldn't be right to do an It Takes Two episode with more than two people. So joining me on this episode, I have Joe Summer.
0: Tom, it does in fact take two to make a podcast episode
1: that's actually not accurate
0: i i I know (laughs) i tried
1: (laughs) i i do appreciate the effort there there are a lot of solo podcasts out there though they're Uh, not my favorite brand of podcast i will say i prefer the conversation probably one of the reasons that i decided to start a more conversational podcast but yes it does take two to play this game though however yeah would
0: be the I won't say impossible, but very difficult to do it on your own. <laughs> it
1: yeah. There's a there's a couple
0: so. of the puzzles that really require like input on two characters at the same time. Though I bet yeah. you could still make it awfully far.
1: If people can play Dark Souls with a banana, then I'm sure you could play it takes two solo, but it's probably not the optimal way to experience it. Before we dive in, though, I just want to ask it if you enjoy our show, please tell your friends. It would really mean a lot. Also, please go check out our website, levelplayingfieldgaming.com. From there, you can find links to all of our social media pages, our YouTube channel, and our Patreon page. Speaking of Patreon, if you like what we do here on this podcast, we've got more of that for you on Patreon. We offer two bonus shows. There's the movie cast where we finally let Aubrey and Caleb go crazy and talk about all their movie tangents that they always try to squeeze into this show. And we have the open mic, which is just kind of like a like an overflow bucket where it's like, just, hey, what, are we, what else do we want to talk about? Let's put that into a show. And so that could be anything. We've uh, covered all sorts of crazy things on that one. I think the one that was most recently recorded, which I don't know when this episode's going to go out, but we talked about, ironically, stuff that should have been on the movie podcast. We talked about like problems with like streaming service saturation, and we talked about Caleb getting a big new 70 inch TV and the headache that it was mounting it and how the plugs were on the wrong side, and you know, just little slice of life stuff like that. That's where it all goes. We also offer access to our Discord server. So at any tier you join, you get access to our Discord server, which I liked what Caleb said on our Resident Evil episode that that's a really great way to kind of get our in the moment reactions to things. Uh, recently, you know, as of recording this E3 just wrapped up. And so there was a lot of videos getting thrown around, thoughts, takes, things like that, depression over release dates stuff like that beyond those that is all on one tier beyond that tier you also get uh unedited versions of this show which can sometimes be quite entertaining if you like bloopers and outtakes uh, and you get shout outs shout outs like the one that we give to bo black because he is our man going strong at the top tier and uh, he just wants us to shout his name out and thank him. And so that's what we do. But if you wanted to use that spot to promote something that you're working on or something you're passionate about, maybe you have a podcast or you do art or you do cosplay or you stream, that's a really great spot to get your name in front of our audience and also support us. So a little bit of back and forth there. If any of that sounds interesting to you, go check out our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash lpfgaming. Joe, all of that housekeeping is finally out of the way. Almost. Because you and I didn't just play It Takes Two. We streamed it. This and is those factual. videos. Those and videos we have are up on YouTube now. Yeah. Yeah, we updated <laughs> in the last one. <laughs> 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 yeah, which is good because I think in part three, my kid was just having a meltdown in the room next door. So if you want to hear that, definitely go check that out. But on our final video, we actually had a lot of uh chat activity. We got raided. Aubrey and Dylan were in the chat talking about stuff and they they got to witness one of the coolest levels in the game, I think. But if you want to go see us and if you want to watch me progress my sound balancing skills over the course of four videos, those are all up on YouTube. They're in their own playlist. You can go check those out and see what we thought of the game in real time. Outside of that, I guess maybe it would be a good idea to give like a overview of this game. I have the, like the Wikipedia page open. I can just read a brief little blurb. About only games this game came is. in
0: boxes still, and you could just like read the back of the box.
1: I mean, some do, but yeah. I don't buy them I've, that way. Yeah. As, as I, I as don't much. think they're,
0: they're really selling the game on the box anymore. Like, you don't flip oh, right. it over yeah. and like get a sales pitch.
1: Yeah, all the little blurbs like yeah. IGN says, incredible art style. <laughs> yeah, so It Takes Two is an action-adventure game developed by Light Studios and published by Electronic Arts under the EA Originals label. The game was released for Windows, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X slash S in March 2021. Like A Way Out, Hazelight's debut title, debut, debut title, It Takes Two does not have a single-player option. It is playable only in either online or local split-screen co-op between two players.
0: Oh, it it is worth mentioning that the split-screen is always active, regardless of if you are online or couch co-oping.
1: Yes, we will definitely get into that when we start breaking down what this game is from our uh, experience Last little thing I'm going to read is just, it takes two is an action adventure video game with elements from platform games. It is specifically designed for split screen cooperative multiplayer, which means that it must be played with another player through either local or online play. The game features a large number of game mechanics from various video game genres. These gameplay mechanics are connected to the story and the theme of the level. For instance, in one level, Cody gains the ability to rewind time, whereas may can replicate herself. Players have to cooperate with each other and utilize these abilities in order to progress. The game also features a large number of mini-games. So that's kind of just a brief overview of what this game is, kind of zooming out a bunch. As is the usual now, there will be probably our standard spoiler warning at the beginning of this episode before it even starts, but we are going to spoil the story of this game and talk about some of our favorite and least favorite moments, so bear that in mind as we go forward. Joe, we started with a way out. We played that what? 2019? 18? Mm,
0: I think it was 2018.
1: 18. Sat on a couch next to each other in my living room. Did you have any idea what we were in for had like or is cuz I went in completely blind. I didn't know. I knew a little about bit about game. the
0: game. Well, and I think also you started the game with somebody else and then like yeah they had to leave and so i jumped in their spot and then like it restarted i can't remember
1: initially i bought it because i had heard it pitched as a co-op only game and it's a great way to get like your non-gamer friends or non gamer partner or whatever maybe into the into gaming because you can kind of pilot like guide them through So I initially tried to get my wife to play it with me. We played like the first little mission and she, I feel like she would have kept going for my sake, but I could tell she wasn't really enjoying herself. And then, yeah, so then I roped you in and we just, uh, all I played with her was like that very first mission. So we either restarted or we just picked up from there and I caught you up. But then we, we went through that. That game is designed to, force you to work together to solve puzzles and get things done and then at the end make you turn on each other in a somewhat unexpected and surprising way
0: yeah and it's less it's less puzzly and more just you're just kind of playing through like a little movie yeah like like it like it's not so much like like it it takes two is very puzzly a way out is a little more like just walk in and then interact with the various things and then you can move
1: forward. It was a very third person action. So like the kind of puzzles that you would do would be like, push this platform here. So your partner can jump across this gap kind of things. Like it, it wasn't the kind of puzzles that it takes to use that like really kind of blew the cooperative gameplay yeah. up a notch.
0: And it was, I it was like
1: more it- narrative focused. a way out was yeah yeah like the the
0: game itself is pretty like i don't know standard
1: yeah i I very much felt like i was engaged much more in the a way out story than it takes two it takes two whenever there was a cut scene that involved the kid and stuff like i was i was honed in and i I was feeling it probably just because i have a kid of my own and so i have that personal connection now but A Way Out felt, yeah, like you say, like watching a movie. I was kind of, I wanted to see what happened with these characters, whereas It Takes Two, I kind of felt like I knew it was going to happen and all the characters were kind of stupid. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) they were always kind of saying dumb things and making dumb choices. So I didn't feel quite as invested in them, but the gameplay was way more entertaining than A Way Out, I think. I don't know if you would agree with that
0: yeah yeah for sure because the way out like it's just move here shoot here press x here
1: so yeah the running joke going into this game was that a way out drove a wedge between mine and joe's friendship and that this game was going to bring us back together i don't know <laughs> that it reached those heights but i did have a really good time and i did think that it was a really solid game that's probably going to make it onto my game of the year list at the end of the year, we've already kind of touched on. You mentioned that you have to play split screen, even if you're not playing couch co-op. Which I guess another thing that to kind of mention on that line is that this game one like you 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 can buy it once and share it with a friend for no additional cost. They have this really cool buddy pass system, a way I had it too, where the person who owns it can share it with somebody else, and you can play together for the cost of one game. So you're not something cool that joseph ferris who's the the head of Haze Light, he wants to do to allow more people to be able to play his games and i thought that was a really cool really cool feature that we should probably shout out and mention just in case someone's listening to this and hasn't played it but was thinking about it like it's pretty easy to get someone on board from you know in that regard whereas you don't even have to buy it you know just get the friend pass, and you can try it with me as opposed to a lot of multiplayer games where it's like, hey, you want to play Call of Duty with me? All right, we'll go buy $60 Call of Duty and we can play together.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's Since it's meant to be a couch co-op experience that has online play rather than make you do some weird work around using like Steam remote co-op. They're just like, hey, here's, here's a version of the game you can download for free. And it just doesn't work unless you join someone who owns a full
1: license. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's really cool. So the the game, were you expecting it to be where you had your own screen unless you were playing Couch Go op?
0: Uh I can't say I had any real thoughts about it one way or the other going into the game. Like I I guess maybe whatever impression I got from a gameplay trailer set my expectations appropriately but i wasn't surprised when like we stayed split screen the entire time for like any time we weren't in a cutscene.
1: right yeah yeah so the game it, you stay in in split screen perspective the screens do shift occasionally and like one person's might get bigger while the others get smaller uh and then there are some points at the end where we each we each saw only our character on the full screen, but for the most part, it was split the whole time. We both played on PC. We played this through Steam, played it on PC, which is unusual for me. I'm not usually a PC gamer. Let's talk about let's talk about two things on just the PC side of it. Let's talk about EA origin or EA whatever the heck is called access that we had to use. And let's talk about the performance on the PC. Which of those would you rather tackle yeah, first?
0: Yeah, I, I feel more strongly about Origin. Okay. I mean, the performance Rant. issues were a thing, but the Origin thing is really more what bugged me. I'm like, you buy the game through Steam, download it through Steam, Tom's my friend on Steam, and you go to launch the game. Okay, looking good. Okay, I'm going to go play online. And then the game's like, oh, hold up. If you want to play online, you have to use Origin. So that starts this whole thing where we have to get Origin set up, get it updated, get logged in. That's a whole, like, it's of its own issue. You know, can't remember our passwords we set eight years ago. (laughs) Right. Get finally logged in, try to add each other, can't add each other, shut the whole thing down, kill, like, Origin on our computers, restart everything, get back in there. Now we can finally add each other because our names were not coming up when we searched for each other.
1: Yeah, that was a weird thing where we were literally like sh- searching our names, each other's names, and we couldn't find each other. Yeah, to save it's just our like
0: lives. I we used Steam because we want to just go to one place and have things yeah, work. Right. And so yeah, or like Origin asserting itself in there was was obnoxious. And every time we went to go play, Origin was like, "Hey, you need to update me before you can play online with your buddy," uh, which again is obnoxious and then as far as performance issues go the game definitely i mean even even dropping it down to lower settings like taking it from 1440 down to 1080 medium settings seems to struggle a lot in places uh particularly with its loading there were times where you were transitioning between areas or when you were in cutscenes, when just your frames would drop to you know 40 30 even sub 30 in a couple of places we had one spot where the game just lagged out completely
1: yeah that was in our last playthrough like we actually had people watching us
0: yeah a loading screen just completely glitched um and we had to go like kill the game and then come back from a a prior checkpoint and so the, the whole thing definitely had a feel of like this needed another month in in qa you know finding some of those optimization issues say i've typically don't have loading issues like that like the game was installed to a solid state drive it should have been smooth i don't know if it was an online thing like if we've been doing it local if it would have been a little bit better maybe and not jittered so much it might have been because it was trying to stream the level in while syncing both of our game worlds that could have been a thing but yeah i don't know if other platforms have had issues but the the pc port um It's definitely not technically all there.
1: Yeah, and like neither of us have top of the line PCs, but I mean, we're not trying to play on our laptops either. Like Yeah,
0: yeah, no, for for a game like this it should have been fine. We shouldn't have noticed any real performance issues. Like this isn't a game with uh you know super dense textures, super,
1: you know, high poly environments. Yeah, so the the PC thing was was interesting. I am I'm kind of curious how it, it plays and runs on the other platforms. If they have had any issues or not, it might have just been like poor optimization for the PC port. But you know, buyer beware. It should have probably performed a little bit better than it did. Although I would, other than the times where it like flat out crashed on us in like that last session. Generally, it wasn't too, like, distracting or game-breaking. it really seemed to only be as, like, super noticeable during the cutscenes. It didn't really seem to hamper the gameplay at all.
0: Speaking of uh, cutscenes, just realized that we have neglected to really even mention what this game is about. (laughs) Or what this game even really is, other than its co-op.
1: Yeah, the the whole story premise, we're definitely... (laughs) definitely yeah we need to get into that why don't you why don't you break it so down we, what's going on in this game
0: so the the premise of this one is that you are a a couple who has decided to get a divorce and you tell your daughter in the worst way possible uh and your daughter <laughs> cries and through the power of disney magic uh her wish sort of comes true and well, she has are, a book Both, Yes, she has uh, The Book of Love by Dr. (laughs) Hakeem. And through Disney magic, she tells the book that she wishes her parents would love each other. And her wish comes true. And the parents are both turned into... Or their souls inhabit uh, dolls that the daughter has made of each of them. She made little dolls of them. And so your souls go and inhabit them. And... Dr. Hakeem um, sort of, like, comes to life again in a very Disney magic kind of way and, you know, tells you how more he's like, going to More fix... like a
1: DreamWorks magic, if we're being honest. Yeah, like, yeah that's, that's Dr. true. Dr. Hakeem was very, very DreamWorks. Yeah, arts. that was pretty DreamWorks.
0: Um, <laughs> I, again, I'm uncomfortable with the fact that you could tell where his hips are. <laughs> he's a book. He's just, he, like He's a book, but he has hips. Like, just think about that. Yeah. And so he tells you he's going to fix your marriage by making you do a whole bunch of nonsense activities until your marriage is saved. And so the rest of the game is uh, you, the couple, doing a whole bunch of nonsense activities, trying to. Well, you're trying to get back into your bodies as characters, but like you as the player can tell that's like, okay, this is. We've got to go do all this to save our marriage.
1: But all those activities are set in the world of. Your house and your yard and your garden, but you're like your toy yes, size. If so you you're fighting a giant like vacuum, Toy
0: Story, Toy Soldiers, like you know, what is mundane to us is now big, you know, being shrunk down kind of aesthetic. This you'll like this game because that's all the gameplay is running through areas of the house where you typically are, you know, blocked from access to wherever you're trying to go. And so you need to manipulate the environment, solve puzzles that, you know, it's usually and it's a kind of puzzle where it's like, okay, one person stands here and like lowers a drawbridge, but they have to stand on the button so then the other person can go run across and then find like a different thing to activate to let their partner over.
1: Yeah, I do think that's simplifying it a little bit because it's like a lot of games kind of fall victim to that just button pushing puzzles this one you never have the same ability as the other player and your powers are complementary to solving the puzzle so you know an early example was the hammer and the nail thing where i could throw a nail and you could swing on it with the hammer and you could hit things with the hammer that then would allow me to throw a nail at them and so it's very much you can do this so that then i can do this so that then you can do this kind of back and forth where you know we we never had the same ability and our abilities were always changing. You were always getting some sort of new toy to play with. And some were better than others, but in general, they were all pretty strong. And it made for, I think, a little bit more unique slash challenging puzzle solving. Not like hard puzzles, but because I have... For example, a nail. So I'm not thinking really about what can you do with the hammer. I'm thinking what can I do with the nail. So it forces you to kind of communicate with the other player and say, "What are we supposed to do here?" Oh, my tool can do this. Oh, well, if you can do that, then my tool can do this after you do that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, unlike say the Portal Two co-op where you both do the exact same thing. You know, you're you're always different. I appreciated that no particular power really overstayed it's welcome you were changing through them pretty regularly there were times where it wore a like the different powers thing wore a little thin just in that like you would spot the solution before the other guy did and then you just gotta like wait for it to click with them it's not like say in portal where if you spot what to do you can already like get going um right or, or, And it also enables you to just help think through the problem more, whereas like sometimes you're just like, yeah, I, you're going to have to figure that out, one out. Like, I don't know how your power works.
1: <laughs> yeah, it also created a lot of cool set piece moments where I'm flying the plane trying not to crash while you're on top of the wing fighting a squirrel in like a Street Fighter-esque fighting game, mini game set piece. So we're both always doing something a little bit different but also important and i felt like that helped things not get stale
0: yeah yeah and speaking of that that street fighter thing the style of this game was constant homages to other styles of game
1: yes um, for
0: sure because you were because your powers are always changing the environments are always changing you you know they're constantly referencing other games, other styles of games, and the, the rapid changes helped a lot in terms of if they didn't quite nail one homage right, it was fine because you were like on to the next one before you could really be like, uh, I don't know about this.
1: Yeah, it, they they changed them and brought new things in at a pretty steady clip. There was really only Like, thinking back, there's only the garden section that I feel like I was really just done with, like, halfway through and really over. I feel like the rest of them, I don't think I really got tired of. I think the squirrel section in the beginning might have been one of the longer sections. Yeah,
0: the squirrel section did get a little tired, just because, like, what did I have? I had the... Because that one was very combat heavy, but it took both of us to do any damage
1: yeah because i had like yeah the, the and and, you and you by the, the time explosions. that
0: got we got to the end of that that got a little tired yeah on the like we're doing some boss fights you're just like well i'm just waiting for more Gouda land
1: right um yeah
0: but yeah but, but you know you're you finish that you're on to the next one
1: yeah so that kind of brings up a point i wanted to touch on which is just pacing in general in this game i feel like the pacing was a little bit i don't want to say completely bad but it was a little bit off uh as far as how long different levels lasted versus others how the story developed and how the ending felt kind of abrupt it just seemed like they didn't quite perfect or nail like the perfect amount of time to be in this level doing this thing for some of them, they felt a little too short. Like I could have kept doing this, but for others it was like, Oh wow, this is still going. We're still doing this part.
0: Yeah. Like, um, the was the, what the, the lily pad section was one of them. And then this, the whole garden level.
1: Yeah. The, um, the garden was the worst. That was the worst offender. Uh, Yeah,
0: and even even the final level, you know, kind of the, the orchestra level, it was good. We liked it, but it also, like, kept going and kept going and kept
1: going. Well, I think because the garden level was supposed to be Cody's, well, it was Cody's world that May was accepting and realizing like oh i i see you now i understand you better and so it's supposed to be a big moment whereas the music one was the flip of that where it was may's world and may's level and cody was like oh i see you now i'm i uh, want to support you here and so i think they were both supposed to be these big grand like final moments but i felt like they probably developed the music one first and they just like blew their complete load in that level and they were like wow we have nothing left but we have to make a Cody level what if he really likes gardening
0: well and you can <laughs> you can have that big moment but also not insert a whole bunch of filler mm-hmm. like in the garden level there was a lot of combat for like yeah. no reason and then in the music level like flying around to pull the orchestra members out of cages and then you're like oh we're done and then they're like oh no now you're gonna like go to this nightclub and then like walk around and like
1: the nightclub was cool though it was like rainbow road
0: yeah like i say it was that like that one you know it was cool we liked it so it was like you know we're a little less critical but there was still just that like i yeah they just they padded it out just a little bit Um yeah
1: I do think that the a way out was like a really good I could play this with my friend in a weekend kind of length, whereas this game felt like a full on kind of game. Like it was what do we put like ten hours in, thirteen, something yeah, like something that? Yeah, something was
0: like ten hours.
1: Yeah, which is more than you could just be like, yo, come over for the afternoon, let's play this game together. You're kind of committing to something.
0: Yeah, and it's not like it like it takes two even if you're like it starts to go a little long or not say, a way out, even though it starts to go a little long, you know, you still get close, you know, three quarters through and you're like, Oh, I'm hooked. I'm ready to like, see this through with it takes two. There's not that like, Oh, now we're getting to the good stuff. There's yeah, like, cause you, right. cause the, you get to the midpoint of the game and you always, you gotta get these four pages and you're like, Oh, I guess we'll get these four pages. And then, uh, you know, do some other nonsense task and and then we'll be done and then the game just kind of like ends yeah we put in 11 hours yeah that that sounds about right are there any uh we've talked about the last levels a lot but were there any like early levels that stood out as strong
1: yeah i think really it's easy to pick on the garden level because it was the low point because up to that point most of the levels are pretty good and engaging the space level early on was really fun i mean initially when you start the game you're kind of exploring like the shed or the garage and it is very much that toy story thing where oh we're fighting the vacuum that you know, Cody was supposed to fix, but because he didn't fix it, it's attacking us now. Wow, well, we should get a divorce. But then the game kind of takes a left turn where you just kind of start exploring these very imaginative worlds. And it's explained as like Dr. Hakeem trying to teach, like one of them is set in a snow globe. So that's how they justify it. But it is very much just like this very winter wonderland. You're doing a lot of ice skating and stuff like that and so it it does kind of break out of the toy story thing a little bit where or like the nightclub you mentioned where you're playing to a, a crowd of glow sticks like it those things i thought were really creative how they they managed to break away from the okay we're in the living room now and we're in the bedroom now and uh I, I I really liked how they did that and how they hey, they kept it fresh. I do think that probably the most memorable moment and not in a good way was when you kill your daughter's favorite toy, the elephant. I can't remember her name. I hope she had so a name
0: it? other than just like Queen Elephant.
1: Yeah, Queen Elephant or something like that. Like that was. That was messed up, that was some some twisted uh, yeah, they, <laughs> they leaned into stuff. that more than was necessary <laughs> yes you're <laughs> you're going through, and you think that you have to so Cody and may, those are the parents' names if you haven't picked that up by now, they think that they learn somehow that they have to make their daughter cry in order to. Go back to their bodies, so they take like they take that to mean, oh, let's hurt her feelings, let's make her sad. Whereas you know you as the player are probably thinking, well, maybe you're supposed to make her cry, tears of joy or something. <laughs> I don't know. They, did they ever actually follow up on that? I don't feel like her tears really played into them waking up. Yeah, yeah, they did or yeah, they didn't. Because they woke up once they like accepted each other's passions, and then the kid ran away.
0: Uh, now I'm thinking too hard about it.
1: Yeah, I don't remember the tears really playing into it after that. So anyways, to make her cry, they're going to kill her favorite elephant toy. And so they're like dragging this elephant to the edge of this cliff, which is, you know, like the top of a bookshelf or something. And she's screaming and crying and saying, please don't do this. And then what? They end up like ripping her arm off in the process.
0: Yeah, arm and a leg. No, arm and a leg and an ear.
1: Yeah, like a leg and an ear and it's just... It's, it's kind of like the ending scene in Sausage Party, where you're just like this. On looking at it, you know, should just be funny, but it's really just kind of twisted and sick, and and, and makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I I thought it was funny. Did you? Yeah. I yeah, I didn't. It was.
1: It, it was. I don't know. It was funny, but it was like, just they. I Maybe, mean, because yeah, I was all like, it was surprisingly it dark, far. but then it's like
0: yeah. they cut to the the daughter's perspective, and it's just like, oh, her toy just fell off the top shelf.
1: Yeah, with its arm and its ear. Yeah, like the dog. worst part like of did- that was
0: when she like saw that, like, oh, it's broken, and then she started crying. Then it was like, oh, okay. Now yeah, there's like I actual th- real tears. It's not just like some magic stuffed animal
1: the the i guess it kind of caught i knew there was something twisted coming up and then it caught me off guard how much they leaned into it and how like brutal for lack of a better word it was like there's no blood or it's just like stuffing and then yeah it was it kind of lightened it and made it funny when you see it from the the little girl's perspective and it's just like oh my stuffed animal fell off the shelf but then yeah she starts crying and the parents are just, like, standing under her, like, dancing in her tears. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, this is messed up. <laughs> so, that that definitely stands out for me. But as far as levels, like, the space level stands out. I remember it really well. The Obviously, the finishing, the last level with all the music stuff, like, that was really cool. I thought that that was probably the best level. the The squirrel stuff was just kind of weird and off the wall. I liked how the squirrels are like fighting the wasps. It's just this kind of ridiculous backyard warfare thing going on. What about you? What what levels do you think were really strong or stood out to you? I know we've talked a lot about the the ending. Uh,
0: I liked Moon Baboon's level. That was the space one. Um, yeah, yeah, because yeah. May, May's power was basically changing which way gravity goes, which just led to some like some really neat spatial puzzles.
1: Mm-hmm. Was that where Cody could grow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you would really have to fun.
0: you would have to like shrink down pretty regularly and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, that one was trippy. I feel like the middle of the game is where it's like the foggiest where the beginning was really strong because it's all fresh and new, and then the ending had the music level, but then that middle section is kind of where it blurred together a little bit. You think that's a yeah. fair...
0: Yeah, the middle section, it's, it's hard to pick out stuff that's super
1: distinct. Um, like none of it was bad necessarily, but it just kind of was like, okay, now we're doing this thing. Okay, now we're doing yeah, this Yeah, and thing.
0: there were no particularly like strong story
1: beats either in the middle like other the snow globe other was the, probably the biggest story beat in the middle where they were like oh this is where we went on our our honeymoon and where you, or where you proposed and all this kind of stuff and where you could kind of start to see that maybe Cody was thinking I don't know that I actually want to do this divorce thing but he wasn't saying it out loud.
0: Yeah, well cuz I mean from the beginning he seemed more reluctant about the divorce. Right. Um, yeah. But May was kind of like no we're, we're getting a
1: divorce because May is the she's the I'm business I'm taking care of the family I got to work all the time to support you guys and Cody's like
0: you're never here The space It's kind of is. the
1: the traditional like roles are reversed where he's like the stay at home dad and so he's constantly talking about oh yeah I know that what, what's the daughter's name? It's not Rose is it? Yeah, Rose sounds right. That does sound right. Where he's, he's like, oh yeah, Rose and I do this all the time and, and we make this all the time and we play this all the time. And she's always like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, well, you're never here. But then he's just kind of goofing around at home with the kid while she's out there actually, you know, providing for the family and making sure their home doesn't get foreclosed on and stuff like that. And so it's a very kind of stereotypical story where... It's just bad communication and the couple are just not taking the time to spend time together and focus on their relationship and make their relationship a priority, which is obviously can be challenging as as anybody that's been in a long term relationship knows. But it is it is kind of a very cliche setup, cliche story told as far as their relationship goes. And then a pretty cliche ending, but it all felt pretty good. Like it, it was delivered pretty well. It felt like they did good enough. I do think that the, and they spend three quarters of the game bickering. And then the last quarter of the game is kind of a rushed. Oh, maybe we shouldn't get. Yeah. Rushed.
0: it It is the, the DreamWorks movie of co-op games. Like, you know, there's there's not not really a sense that like they learned anything. They just were like, oh well, maybe we won't get divorced. Now. Right. Like suddenly we've decided we love each other again, and like, yeah, I I almost was wondering if like after a way out, if there was going to be some sort of weird twist at the end where you know they still get divorced anyways, but they're able to like you know make peace with our daughter about it
1: right sort of a, yeah.
0: something like that but now nah, it was pretty much the like you know yeah dreamworks movie character learns a lesson the last 15 minutes everything's good wrap it up
1: yeah it really did feel very sitcom in that way like in the end like oh everything's fine now and i made the comment when we finished the game i said something about oh yeah they uh live to get divorced another day or something like that. And Aubrey was in chat and she's like, Oh geez, that's, you know, that's harsh or whatever. And and I kind of meant it as they didn't really seem to actually fix their problem. They just kind of got to the end, realized that they handled things really poorly with their daughter, realized that they were handling things poorly with each other. And maybe they could, You know, they could give it another shot and see how it goes, but it didn't really feel like everything just kind of clicked back in place at the end. It still kind of felt like, yeah, okay, they've learned some things and now they can go from here and where will this take them? It might not actually get them all the way where they need to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they hadn't really like, I mean, there was some like some lip service like, oh, you're never home. Well, I'm trying to provide for the family. Okay. again, like, there wasn't really, like, a lot of reckoning on those issues other than, like, well, but it still sucks when you're gone. Right. There wasn't a whole yeah. lot of, like, I don't know, really getting into the, like, you know, how, how would you actually approach that issue?
1: And I think that it there's the argument that, oh, this is supposed to be a kid's game, so we're not going to, like, really dive too deep into it. We're going to focus more on the, oh, if you would have fixed the vacuum, it wouldn't be trying to kill us. Ha, 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 ha. But on the other hand, they make you murder a toy, and you know there's a few other kind of adult things in there. It never gets like full on. I would say like PG thirteen or anything like that. But they do tackle a few more mature things, which makes you think like, okay, they could if they wanted to, they could tackle the more mature relationship things too. But they didn't really, they didn't really explore that as much as I thought they were going to. And I'm with you, Joe, just because I listened to a few other podcasts about this game and stuff, nothing that spoiled it for me, but just people kind of reviewing it and them talking about how, well, it might not end like you expect or things like that. And so I thought maybe, oh, this is going to be a story about, yeah, the parents can't reconcile their marriage, but they find a way to make it work or they find a way to, to, you know, still have some sort of a a healthy relationship with their child. But no, in the end, it really feels like Joseph Ferris and his team were much more comfortable with the like breakup and headbutting jokes and stuff like that. And that was where they really felt comfortable. And then when it came time to wrap up the game, they were like, uh, okay. So, like, they realized that the other person has value and has hobbies and things they care about. And now they want to support them. And also, they realize they've been bad parents. Okay. The end. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I think that they just and from a game perspective that makes sense. Like lean into the goofy stuff, the silly, like, oh, if you would have you know I keep going back to the vacuum, but there were a ton of other jokes like that where it was like, if you would have done this thing, we wouldn't be in this mess, or if you would have done this thing, like I said, you know, if you would have taken the trash out, we'd still be married. And from a game perspective, that makes sense. It's silly, it's slapstick, it's fun. But when you're like trying to lay in the plane that is the story you're telling, I feel like they kind of whiffed it a little bit.
0: Yeah, there wasn't really like, i say a little bit in the snow globe level, but they really, I don't think, didn't do a great job of like bringing them back around as a couple that actually wants to like work on their marriage and stay together. Yeah, it was more just like, well, we have to to get back into the real world, I guess. So uh, sure, you know, and also our daughter is upset
1: that that's what I was going to say next. I was going to ask you what you thought about that is they spent probably a good chunk of the game focusing more on the parent child relationship, which is why I thought, oh, maybe this is going to be more about how do we have a good solid relationship with our daughter going through this difficult thing because they spent a lot of time being like oh well yeah she likes this thing oh i never knew that or oh yeah we did this and he's like oh i never knew that and like they just they seemed to lean a lot into the parent child relationship whereas the couples relationship took a back seat for a lot of it and then at the end it was like oh yeah by the way we went here on our honeymoon and this is where we had our first kiss and we stayed in this cozy cabin and maybe we shouldn't get divorced
0: yeah so it's, yeah, it's not quite, like, the most in-depth take on uh, couples counseling, but, you know, it's also a game. Right. I don't know that we should you know, ex- expect, like, an actual, you know, thoughtful approach to divorce from a co-op game.
1: It, it's a game, and it's a game from a small studio with a guy who, you know.
0: Yeah, y- I, I think it's Oscars. just because of A Way Out, we were expecting, like, our expectations to be subverted in some way. And then right. it takes two ended up just pretty much being exactly what you expect.
1: I think and tell me if you agree with me, I think it takes two excelled in polish, in gameplay, in puzzles, set pieces. I think that it it did everything but the story better than a way out. But a way yeah, out Yeah, it's just-
0: it's a very solid, like average game, if that makes sense like it's right. nothing like revolutionary but it is just like a well executed game like in the terms of its gameplay and level design and all of that like puzzle platformer i guess would be the name like it's it's just yeah. a well executed
1: puzzle platformer i think the thing that makes it revolutionary is the co-op angle cuz yeah outside of that it is very much just like a 3d platformer yeah what did you think about the mini games uh
0: they were i I appreciated them existing just purely for fun overall they didn't do a ton for me like
1: why don't you explain what they are
0: so like through throughout the game you could come out you come across like these little activities that were fixed like fixed in place you know you would walk up on um you know for for example like a connect four set or you know like a baseball set something like that and then you're you would like both interact with it and your characters would like enter the activity real quick and you would play like a short 30 second to a minute game that like is head to head against each other you could play as many times as you want and it didn't serve any purpose than just being a fun diversion and so i appreciate the like love and care that went into like hey we just want to stick these things in here because like and be kind of neat and fun, but also, like by the end of the game, we hit that point of like, uh, we're good, we just like to finish the game,
1: right, yeah, we don't, we don't need to the go find wasn't of it worth it, yeah, 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 I thought they were fun initially, I thought they'd be kind of a cool little diversion where because yeah, it's it most of the time it's competitive, where you're Competing with each other and seeing who gets the better score, or who beats the other person, and so I thought that that might be kind of fun, and might like at the end of the game, it might show you the tally of. Uh, it turns out Tom is the better gamer, but about halfway through, we were both just kind of on the same page. Of all right, let's let's keep going. Let's finish the the main story. These aren't really yeah. enough to to draw us in anymore.
0: Yeah, like it to just they just turn it into ten two distractions.
1: Right. So what what do you think you would rate this game on a scale from one to ten?
0: Uh I would give this uh, an eight. An eight? Yeah. Like I said, the the performance issues and the lack of uh you know, meaningful storytelling, I think, are dings against it. The garden level was definitely a ding against it, but
1: yeah, I think the music level did said, make up for it. It's dropping a point here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the music level redeemed that point. So uh, overall, you know, kind of ends up in that, uh, you know, a eight, eight out of 10, solid B.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's where I am too, is that I really enjoyed the gameplay. I really enjoyed... yeah, a Going back to the co-op thing, like I really, I really enjoyed our a way out experience. I probably enjoy it more because I won at the end, but in general, like I look back on that as a very fun, fond gaming memory that we had. And then I think that this was similar where it was really fun to go through and, and solve these puzzles together. And, you know, it'd be like, okay, I have this magnet that pushes, you have a magnet that pulls. We have this bridge. How do we make it cross? Oh, okay. I see. I see what we have to do. You go stand there. I'll stand here. Bam. We solved it. We got across. That was fun. The, the movement in this game, the platforming, the dash, the momentum, all of that felt good. It was a very solid polished other than some of the hiccups in like cutscenes and crashes and stuff, but like the moment to moment stuff was felt really good. And yeah, I think. when when we talk about game of the year stuff at the end of this year, I definitely think this game is going to make the list somewhere. It depends on how some of the, the later stuff shakes out where it will land. And I do think it would be fun to play this game couch co-op with somebody. I think that Mm -hmm. it'd be really fun to be sitting next to each other and be like, especially doing the little mini games, like, you know, without any of that, like
0: just half second delay of being over the internet.
1: Mm hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I think that you know if you can play this game co op with somebody, split screen, I would I would definitely recommend it. I think it'd be a great time. I think it's a great time either way. The game itself is not sixty dollars, right? It's budget price. It was like forty bucks, thirty bucks.
0: Uh, yeah, it was it was below full price. I can do a quick check on on Steam real quick.
1: So like I I definitely like there are so many things for it that the few things that are against it don't really add up to much like, yeah, the story is a little cliche and a little poorly paced. And there's a few low spots, but I mean, overall, yeah, you said eight. I'm thinking, yeah, I was thinking seven to eight was like my gut. It's a $40 game.
0: So that, that does help set your expectations. They're not, they're not trying to market this and sell this as, you know, Hey, buy buy our full price game, that doesn't run well.
1: Yeah. And I also super appreciate Joseph Ferris for being unique in the gaming industry. So Joseph Ferris is, he is the name behind Hazelight Studios. For those that may not know, he's the guy that got up at the game awards and said F the Oscars, you know, the Oscars suck. The game awards are where it's at. <laughs> That's what he's famous for. But he made brothers was like his first kind of breakout game. Brothers, a tale of two sons and spoilers for brothers but in that game, you play as two brothers and you control each one with each uh, control stick. So little brother is on the right. Big brother's on the left, for example. I don't know. It might be flipped. I haven't beaten that game, but I did play it. So you go through the whole game controlling these two characters with these two sticks and doing things with them together. And you could play it co-op, each holding half the controller if you wanted. But uh, Joseph Ferris said he wanted this to be a single player experience because the ending, Big Brother dies. And so when Big Brother dies, Little Brother is very sad, but also you as the player have lost half of what you've been doing for the whole game. And now you're just using one half of your controller to move the one character. And he designed it to where like, you really felt that loss cut to a way out co-op only playing as two prisoners, trying to break out of prison. You don't really know each other, but you're kind of forced to work together and you kind of, Develop over time, which you feel like is this this solid friendship. You meet, you you kind of meet each other's families, get to know each other. You're both on the run together. You're helping each other, and then at the end, you get put in a situation where you have to turn on each other, and only one of you can get out alive. And you and your partner have to, all of a sudden, you've been doing everything together, have to compete against each other and try to make be the one that makes it, and then. Obviously, it takes two what we've been playing talking about this whole episode, you know the whole divorcing couple trying to come back together angle, very much solving puzzles, doing things together, you each have a different ability, and you can't progress unless you work as a team so i I just really appreciate this studio. I appreciate Joseph Ferris and his vision, and I appreciate that e a lets them do it, and I think that it helps these games are successful for the like genre and niche that they're in. But in a, in a world where so many video games are kind of the same or cookie cutter or copying another, like, Oh, this, this game is a Metroidvania souls. Like, and it's like, you know, It, it is cool that these little kind of experimental side projects exist. I don't know how you feel on like that kind of looking at it from that viewpoint, Joe.
0: Yeah, he he's just not chasing what's popular. He's just making what he wants to make.
1: He's also similar to Kojima in where he very much is tied to the film industry. Not in that he's made a bunch of successful movies or anything, which neither has Kojima, but he has I think like cinema kind of training and stuff like that. And so he very much tries to yeah he views games closer to a
0: cinematic experience than a gameplay experience
1: like there's no bs collectibles or you know you gotta explore every inch of this level for the platinum trophy or any of that kind of stuff in his games it's very much these mini games are here if you want to partake but also you know there's no you're not looking for coins we're not we mentioned that he pad pat it felt a little padded in certain sections or a little bit you know bloated in certain sections but not in the way where all right uh how about you go collect 16 charts then you take them to tingle and then pay a bunch of money that you had to farm for and then he transcribes them and then you have to go find the pieces that the charts told you to find. And then when you find all the pieces, you put them together and okay, now you can progress. Like there's none of that kind of video gamey crap in his games.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It it is. I don't Like that you just, you play through it. You're like, yep, I got the experience. I, nothing's like there's, there's no like hooks. That's like, Oh, well you can play, make them play more. If you do this, there's no like, you know metric boosting engagement or any of that nonsense it's just straightforward game like kind of game you would play 10 15 years ago
1: yeah and it's i feel like it's a nice breath of fresh air where like for me coming from big open world collect-a-thon games like i i play a lot of games like that or rpgs you coming from the min maxing raiding, mmo grinding kind of community like i feel like we both for different reasons can appreciate this game just being what it is and also not overstaying its welcome. Like this game was a little longer than I think it could have been, but in general, like we played it in four sessions.
0: Yeah. And one session was cut short slightly, but it's still a bit. But it was sessions. still it would have been hard to have done in less than four sessions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I think it is definitely I, I really do appreciate it for what it is there and and what it's doing. And I, I hope – and I think he will. I think Joseph Ferris is slowly becoming one of those names that you associate with something like, you know, Corey Barlog or Kojima or uh, Miyamoto. Like, Joseph Ferris, he's not on that, like, top level yet, but – he is starting to be a name that like you hear it and you associate it with something. And I hope that he keeps going and I'm sure he will, because he very much seems like the kind of person that doesn't give a crap what anybody thinks. And if EA gets tired of him, he'll go somewhere else. Maybe Microsoft will buy him and Dylan will be happy.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Is, I don't know. Is is he on Dylan's list?
1: He's not. No.
0: All right. Dylan, no adding him to your list. Not that we've already (laughs) put the idea out there.
1: Yeah. I mean, did you hear the part in our last episode where Dylan called you out about listening to the podcast and writing in? If you heard this part,
0: I obviously didn't, or I would have written yeah. in.
1: Well, uh, Dylan probably will be in the exact same boat as you currently, where you could call him out right now and be like, "Hey, yeah. Dylan, if you hear this, you know, write in and say that you heard it," and I, I won't get that email. So,
0: yeah, I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll, I will ping Dylan though and be like hey i heard this
1: no you have to uh write it into the podcast email
0: oh and... that's no we're already at too many steps i have <laughs> to go i, I can... have to go open my email i have to type <laughs> out lpf gaming at com or whatever we are
1: so close
0: he, he would play be Intel so gaming. shocked
1: though he would be so shocked though. If I actually like read out an email from you and be like, Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's wrap this thing up. What kind of closing sentiments? What I, I kind of threw out mine that like, I appreciate this game for the weird thing it is. And I appreciate Hayes light studio, but like, do you have any kind of closing thoughts or anything you want to drive home on this one? Um, I'll pose a question to you and be honest. Who would you have rather played this game without besides me?
0: Uh, it's a good question. <laughs> out of our podcast crew, sure, you can limit it to that. Okay, if you want. I, was, I was like, just even outside that, who I don't know. I feel like when it comes to co op, we might have the best <laughs> rep like back and forth as far as that goes. The
1: unspoken, um, just kind of figure it out together, just kind of figure it out with beating. Dylan. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Caleb and Dylan, there's both like a, um, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like they would be less receptive to like those times. When it's like, come on, catch up. Yeah, Dylan would uh, just kill himself to yeah, piss you D- off. Dylan, yeah, he, he would just do that. Um, <laughs> I feel like Caleb would just either be confused or distracted. Um, <laughs> he would get distracted by some random side thing. And then right. Aubrey would just get impatient with me for not, like, figuring it out as fast as she did. And she's got to sit there and, like, explain every puzzle to me. Even though I've already beaten the game, if if we were to play through it, like, you know, my second playthrough or her first playthrough, she would still, like, know what to do faster.
1: So you're saying that we we did the optimal uh, Yeah, pairing. I
0: think we did the optimal pair here. I think... uh you know, I think outside of that it would be like, you know, my brother or your brother would be the next best like you Yeah. Know. Well yeah, on on that. a similar level as far as like how we would
1: approach the game. Yeah. I could see if I played with my brother, I could see myself getting very frustrated. But he's he's good at playing games, but I could see it just that one moment where he just isn't getting it and I'm just trying to explain it to him and he's too dense to catch on. <laughs> and I just like <laughs> 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 The older brother in me comes out. <laughs> but back to like the game itself, any closing remarks or thoughts?
0: Uh, I mean, we we touched on it all pretty well here. I think my last remark is that whatever Hazelight does next, I hope that they get out of the box a little bit more. I like, like when they announced It Takes Two, that was an unconditional like, oh yeah, I'm going to play that for sure. And then whatever they do next... I'll like do a little more, you know, scouting, seeing what it's about. Just because this was this is a re- this was a return to like it's it's well made, it's good, and it's all that, but it is also like it's just a standard game, and you know the the mind share of a working adult is only so much when it comes to games, <laughs> and so like right being just good a good solid game for me is like unless you've got an aesthetic that really appeals to me like being just decent is like not enough to to grab me i'm looking for that what's that hook what's that thing that makes you stand
1: out so do you mean are you are you approaching that more from like a story perspective or a gameplay
0: could be either because you know it, a way out pretty standard gameplay nothing out of the box there but then like oh, big twist at the end, story-wise, and that, like, changes, you know, throws the whole thing on its head, It's like, turns it into a must-play experience. Nothing about this is, like, must-play. You know, it's just a, oh, well, yeah, if you like co-op games, and, you know, okay, sure, it's probably, you'll probably have fun with it. Where it's, you know, a way out's like, no, you've got to play this.
1: Yeah, this is just, like, a very solid, for what it is, it's just very solid, but there is nothing that, like, kind of pushed it over the edge to be like no you really should go out of your way to experience this yeah yeah it and so for the next game
0: i'll be paying more attention to see oh is this gonna be a uh a standard experience or it looks like they're gonna have something that really uh sets them above and beyond sets it so that it's like this is this is truly unique I guess that would be the the way I put this. This was well made, but like not particularly unique.
1: Right. That makes sense. I get that. Do you think that they lean too much on being co op only? Where it's like, Uh, yeah, work? No, I think that's a good shtick
0: for them. Like I feel like co op is an underserved market. I think for them to target that it's is good.
1: But they don't lean too much on it as like, okay, so our shtick is we're co-op only. So that means in our actual like story slash gameplay that we're doing, we don't have to like do anything super crazy because, hey, we're co-op only.
0: Yeah. And uh, with that, I think it's time to drive this home because I'm out of words.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have yeah. three pieces of trivia for you to wrap this one up, Joseph.
0: All right. I looked up- I'll, I'll must. I'll muster... One last resolve of words here.
1: (laughs) I looked up the IMDB trivia for this game and turns out there's an old movie called It Takes Two. Uh, When Cody and May are at the the Rose's room, oh God, that should tell you where we're at. When Cody and May are at Rose's room, there can be found two plastic figures of Leonard Leo Caruso and Vincent Moretti. The two main characters of Hazelight Studios' previous game, their replicas can be heard by pushing the buttons near them. And I feel like that's probably the most cussing that was in this game.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. That was neat.
1: Yeah, we did find that. That was cool. Uh, Who did you play in A Way Out? You played uh, Leo, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I played Vincent. Vincent reminds me of the dude from uh, Trailer Park Boys that always has the rum and coke, like just aesthetically. Oh, Julian. Yeah. He looks like Julian. In the episode of medieval castle, appears a doll with a rolling pin, which eventually drowns in lava, referencing t- to death scene of Arnold Schwarzenegger's character. Yes, from which you didn't know. The movie Terminator Two: Judgment. No, I didn't get that. I've never seen the Terminator movies except for the one with the like reboot with the guy yeah, from. And I feel like Clash that like, barely Titans. even counts.
0: Yeah. No. Say so, like Terminator. I've seen a Terminator movie, but if it's a new one, it's like yeah have you
1: yeah no i i'm not a terminator guy uh while fighting against the queen of wasps in the hive there is playing the composition named flight of the bumblebee by nikolai rimsky korsakov
0: which i think you caught right
1: uh you'll have to go check out our youtube videos to find out (laughs) i may have i mean that seems like something i would have caught but I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, so, Joe, you are out of words. This is your game of the year.
0: Oh, I never said that. Don't put words into my mouth.
1: Oh, so you're not completely out of yeah. words. I see.
0: Well, I mean, I know I'm out of words, but like, don't uh, <laughs> don't add them for me.
1: But good game. We recommend this. It gets the LPF stamp of approval. Do you have anything else that you want to get off your chest or shout out before we close this one?
0: Uh. Nothing relevant to games. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we don't yeah. have time for anything else. <laughs> yeah. So this isn't an episode of wanted... Open Mic, <laughs> right? <laughs> Let me just say thanks for checking out this episode of the Level Playing Field Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Again, go check out our website levelplayingfieldgaming.com, dot where you can find all of our socials, our YouTube channel, and our Patreon. And if you want to write into the show directly. Feel free to shoot a message on social media or email us at lpfgamespodcast at gmail.com. A big thank you to my co-host, Joe, and an even bigger thank you to our listeners. We sincerely appreciate your support. Now say goodbye, every Joe.
0: Goodbye, every Joe.
1: (laughs) Goodbye, every Joe.